Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. This is one of those uh, stories I love a whole bunch because I think it's going to put a little fire under you uh, this this morning. So we're going to read it out of Luke chapter 14. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. I love it. This one says, Luke 14, verse 16. It says, Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. Come on, y'all, the food's ready. Come on, how many of y'all have a mama said, food's ready, you better come get it. You know what I mean? Come get it. It's ready. But they all began making what? Excuses. Yeah. Excuses. One said, I just bought a field. I got to go inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five pairs of oxen, and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. And another said, I just got married, so I can't come. And the servant returned and told his master what they had said, and his master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. So his master said, Hey, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those that I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. And that's that's the word of the Lord today that I want to just share with kind of setting the stage for our whole series. That that word's probably something we're going to read every single week together. Just because I think a lot of us, if we're being honest, man, we can start New Year's and we can have like, like all the things out there, but there's excuses that come up from time to time that we use, especially when it comes to our relationship with God. And we're going to talk about that today. The title of today's message is Excuses, Excuses. And I just believe that today is going to be a good trendsetter for the rest of the year. That we're going to be done with excuses. We're going to be done just kind of just making okay, well, maybe when this happens or if that happens, no, 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 we're going to be done with it. We're going to say, God, we are following you all in, that we're in it. We're in it and we're calling, wherever you call us to go, we're willing to go. And so let's just pray together one more time, ask the Holy Spirit again to do what only he can do. And uh, I just can't wait to see what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks, especially today. God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Uh, Again, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Be in the middle of everything that's said today. Would it be all to glorify and lift up one name, and that is the name of Jesus. It's the best name ever. It's the name that's above every name. It's the name that at the name of Jesus, cancer bows. At the name of Jesus, depression has to flee. At the name of Jesus, sin is cured when you give your life to Jesus. And so, Jesus, we're going to honor your name today. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. Have your way in this place today. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Why don't you high-five your neighbors? I'm glad you made it to church today. No excuses. Glad you made it to church today. No excuses. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so thankful for you. And again, we're kicking off. This is kind of our first uh, last Sunday. Obviously, we had New Year's Day. Just enjoyed that, being with the family, eating some uh, here here together and uh, just really excited about church. Uh, Is anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord one more time? Anybody excited to be here today? I'm excited. Can't wait. 
And I want to start off by just asking this question. This is one of those all-skate questions. I want everybody to participate, and I want you to wave your hand in the air. If you have ever, anybody in the room, have you ever had a, have you ever made an excuse before to get you out of something? Come on, wave at me right now. Come on. If you don't have your hand raised, you're making an excuse for not raising your hand right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. I, I think all of us uh, have had excuses from time to time. Did you know, on average, the average American polls say that six excuses are used per day for every single America. So again, take your, your life for a second. You have six excuses, and just imagine if you multiply that out over how many uh, days they're in a year, 365, and, and leap year 366. Come on, somebody, right? And like, like if you can imagine for a second, like that's over 2,000 excuses that you and I are going to give this year alone. Come on, how many of y'all know that's a lot of excuses, right? Okay, everybody okay? Everybody, that's a lot of excuses. What, what I'm about to do in just a second, I want to read some excuses of some parents that wrote excuses for their kids or why they couldn't be at school. And uh, I think we can find some, like, I, I think some common ground here. Uh, but then also, they, they're going to make us laugh. Everybody good with that? Everybody okay with that today? Okay, here's, here's the first thing. These are actual excuse notes. If you go and type in on, like, Google, actual excuse notes uh, uh, for parents, examples. These are some of them that came up whenever I, uh, I had a chance to look at it. John has been absent because he had two teeth taken out of his face. Come on, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good excuse, right? If, you got, if they're in your face or in your mouth, it doesn't matter. That's a good reason not to have to go to school, right? Um, another one says this, please excuse Ray Friday from school. He has very loose vowels. Okay, so like her English ain't very good either, but like bowels and vowels. He's got bad English and he's got loose bowels. This is really bad, okay? So that's, that's another one. Okay, here's a good one. Please excuse Lisa for being absent. She was sick and I had her shot. Come on, it was just, I mean, that's bad, all right? It must have been real bad if Lisa was that sick. You just had to go ahead and just get, get just end it. Okay, uh, uh, I like this next one. My son is under a doctor's care and should not take PE today. And another one like this, please execute him. Come on, somebody, right? Please execute him. Just off with his head. Okay, no, no, don't do that. It's really bad. Um, dear school, here's, the, here's one right here. I like it a lot. Uh, dear school, please excuse. E-K-S-C-U-S-E is how they spelled excuse. I like that a lot. Dear school, please excuse. And I think all of us can, I, I think this is a note that we want for ourselves, okay? Uh, please excuse John being absent on January 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st, January 32nd, and January 33rd. That was literally what was written. How many of y'all know there ain't 32 and 33 days in January, right? How many of y'all could use that excuse? No, you know what I'm saying? Like, give me all the way through February. Don't matter. Like, let me off, all right? I think those are some excuse notes that I think are pretty funny. I think a lot of us, again, though, if we would just be honest, I think a lot of us have used excuses in our life. Come on, one more time. Show me your hands. How many of you have ever used an excuse to get out of work, get out of school, get out of showing up somewhere, hanging out with somebody? Come on, wave at me if that's you. All right, I think all of us have been there. I think we all used excuses. Again, on average, six per day uh, for the entire year. Uh, and, and again, you think about that. And I, I want to kind of drill it in a little bit further, though, with you and I for a second. That's kind of just everyday life. But how many of us would just be really honest? And I don't want you to raise your hand right now. I don't want you to say, hey, yeah, that's me. But I think all of us can recognize and all of us can realize that how many of us have made excuses when it comes to God? Right When it comes to things of God, when it comes to doing what God has asked you and I to do. And again, I just want to challenge us over the next couple weeks. Like, like I don't want us to be like these people in this story, right? I don't want us to be like these people that say, oh, I, I've got an excuse. Or, oh, God, you're going to have to excuse me. I would rather just mark out the EXC and just say it like this. No, God, it's not excuse me, God. It's use me, God. It's use me. Somebody say use me. 
Yeah, we want God to use me. Like, I, I want God, God, you can use me however you want. And again, we would start off this year saying, hey, yo, I'm done with excuses. God, you can use me. And so kind of the big question I want to ask us over the next couple of weeks together is this question, does God have your yes? Does God have your yes? Okay, and, and we'll kind of drill down on that a little bit more today, but then also over the next couple of weeks we'll start talking through it some more. But I love this story of what we're reading in Luke chapter 14. And again, kind of just give you some context, some background behind what we just read. Luke chapter 14, Jesus is at a dinner party, and everybody's fighting over the best seat in the house, right? Everybody's fighting over it. They're like, yo, I got to be at the head of the table. I got to be sitting where all the prominent people are. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts teaching about humility, right? He's starting to teach them about, hey, being humble, about how having a humble posture. Hey, you want to go first? Well, why don't you be last? Well, you want the best seat? Why don't you serve? Why don't you kneel down? And so Jesus is talking through all of this, and then all of a sudden this one guy shouts out because they're at a dinner party. They're having a little, little supper, a little, little cornbread, little biscuits, you know what I'm saying, like having all of that. And uh, one guy shouts out, man, it's going to be good to have a banquet. Uh, it, what's he say exactly? He says this, uh, uh, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God, right? Like, and, and so Jesus then takes that when he says that, and he begins to tell him a story. He begins to tell him what, what the Bible calls a parable, right? Which a parable is kind of how Jesus would tell and communicate certain values and his principles and things that he was trying to get across. He would use things called parables. And so Jesus starts this elaborate story. I love it a whole bunch. Hey, y'all, there's this big banquet that's about to happen, right? There's this big party that's about to take place. And again, let me just pause right there. How many of us can say, again, at, at church, why, why are we so passionate at Purpose Church about it being, yes, high energy, yes, excited? Yes, loud. Why is that? Because we believe that church should look a whole lot more like a party than it does a funeral. Because we don't serve a dead Savior, dormant, asleep, doesn't care. No, we serve the risen Savior, Jesus, and he's come back to life and given us life. And so guess what? This place ought to be a little lively. This place ought to be a little loud. This place ought to be, we got a reason to clap our hands. We got a reason to shout. We got a reason to raise our hands and worship him because it's the Savior of the universe that came for us. Is there anybody thankful for that? Can we give him a big shout of praise all over this place? Yeah, let's be like, and Jesus is describing, he's like, yo, there's this big banquet that's going to take place. And what he's, what he's really describing is heaven, that there's going to be this huge party that's taking place. And I want everybody to come. I want the people to get invited. And so he says, okay, it's ready. Like, like Jesus is kind of saying, hey, I'm heaven coming to earth to like make a way. Like, I am here. Like, you're going to have to tell everybody. And so he says, servant, listen, go and tell everybody you know. Like, go tell everybody, food's ready. And so just really quickly, I want us to kind of understand. You understand really the servant? Guess what? That's you and me if we know Jesus. Right? That we are serving the master. That the master of the banquet is Jesus. And guess what? We are his servants. That we're willing to do whatever he asks us to do. And he asks the servant, hey, go and tell everybody the food's ready. So he goes out, says, y'all, come on, man. The banquet's ready. It's about to be a party. Come in. Jesus is ready. The master's ready. And uh, guess what happens? Everybody starts saying these excuses. They start rattling them off, right? So the first excuse we see comes in. And it says, hey, I just bought a field. I got to go check it out, right? You didn't look at it before you showed up. Like, come on, bro. Like, but I got, I got to go. I got to, I got to excuse. Please excuse me, right? Then he says, all right, I just bought some oxen. I got to go test drive those dudes. Come on, somebody, right? Like, I got to go test drive them. I, I'm sorry. Please excuse me. Like, I got to leave. I got to go. Right? And then the last one's like, yo, I, we just got married. We got a honeymoon to go to. Sorry, I can't come. And the master says, all right, 
Y'all don't want to come? Well, servants, again, FYI, that's me and you as we serve God, as we serve Jesus, the master. Go out into all the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the lame. Go out to the countryside. Go out to county roads. Go to the alleys. Go everywhere that you can go and tell people that they can come to the banquet, that they're invited to the party. And I want you to understand that when Jesus is telling this story, when he mentions the lame, crippled, blind, all of that, there is like this collective gasp that would have taken place, literally happening in the room. So like, can we do that together? Can we, like on three, can we like just do, <gasps> okay, you ready? Everybody good? One, two, three. Oh, that is a great sound effect for a movie. Like that was, re- one more time, that was just so good. One, two, three. Oh, man. Woo. That is so good. That was fun. That is, I, okay. And by the way, if this is your first time here, I am the real pastor. There's not an older guy coming out next week. Just, uh, just clarify, just for everybody that knows. Okay. So, so there is this collective, one more time. One, two, three. Okay, there is that, all right? That's just fun. Okay, there's that that takes place. And what happens is, you know why they're doing that? Because the people that Jesus just mentioned would be invited into the party. Guess what? It was only a certain amount of people that, that even back then, oh, if you had your stuff together, oh, if you had it all buttoned up real nice, that's when you can be invited really to the party. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 I want you to understand, it's open to everybody. The lame, the crippled, the blind, people that you may look as outcasts, don't matter, don't have any hope, no purpose. Yeah, those people, I want you to go tell them that they can be welcome into the house, so that my house may be full. And so I just got to thinking as I'm reading that, yo, that's our job. Right? That's our job, that we are the servants of Jesus, that we're supposed to go out into every alleyway, county road, it don't matter. Go wherever you might go, and we are to tell them about the banquet that is to come, that the master has come, his name is Jesus, and he has invited everybody to the party. That's good news, because again, I don't know about you, I was busted, I was broken, I was lost, and yet Jesus came for me, and I think that's some pretty good news, but guess what? All people were welcome to Jesus, so guess what here at Purpose? Purpose Church. All people are welcome at Purpose Church. Come on, if we believe that, can we give the name that's above every name? Can we give Jesus some high praise in this place? Like, everybody's welcome. That's what he said. Everybody's welcome. And then he finishes up this whole story as he's telling it. And he says, for none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of the banquet. Let me just kind of just kind of just take that for a second, kind of dissect that because I think some of us we grew up in we grow up in or we're here in western Kentucky, right? And if you go to every funeral that is out there, everybody's saved. Right? It seems like it seems like everybody goes to heaven. But what does this verse right here really tell me that that's not the case? That we may, we may grow up in, in western Kentucky and it seems like everybody's all good. But man, the, the thing is, is you've got to have a relationship with the master. That you got to have a relationship with Jesus. That literally, no, no, everybody does not go to heaven. There is a place called heaven. There is a place called hell. And the invitation is out to everybody, but not everybody will attend the banquet. Not everybody will go to heaven, and it's only through Jesus. And so that last line right there, when he's sharing that, I just think for you and I, that should create some urgency for us. That should, should create, like, inside of us, like, like I, don't, I don't even know how to express it, but it should be like, let's think and go. Like, that's, that's kind of, if, that, if I could express that in a word, that's it, all right? Like, it should create something on the inside of us that not everybody that we encounter is going to be in heaven that, that, that every single person that's in our office, not everybody's going to go to heaven. 
Not everybody that's in your family and my family, not everybody that is your friend is saved and going to heaven. And I just think it should just fire us up a little bit on January 8th, the first kind of big Sunday of the year. That You know what? We got to be willing to go out wherever he calls us to go and tell everybody about Jesus, right? That's what we got to be willing to do. And every one of them that made an excuse, they missed out. Right, Every one of them missed out. And my, my heart for you as your pastor is that I don't want you to miss out on one single thing that God has in store for you. And so my question again, this whole series I'm going to ask you, does God have your yes? And I'm afraid that sometimes God has our yes, but it's got some things attached to it. Right? Come on, y'all, y'all act like you're at a funeral right now. Come on, talk to me right now. Everybody okay? Like, like uh, okay, you say yes. If this happens, right? I think I attach if to, to the, the following Jesus a whole lot. Yeah, Jesus, I'll follow you if this happens. Okay, Jesus, I, I'll follow you. Like, yeah, yeah, I, if it doesn't cost me a whole bunch. right? I'll follow you, Jesus, if it kind of fits into my schedule and I don't have to really sacrifice. I don't really have to do anything different. Like, I'll follow you, Jesus, if you can guarantee me that this will happen or that won't happen. And listen to me. I think this is very different than the followers of Jesus in the New Testament. I think as people would follow Jesus, it was a no matter what, yes. It was a, a, hey, indefinitely, yes. Emphatically, yes. It was a yes if they threw them into arenas where lions were in the middle of it. Right? It was, it was a yes if they were stoned. I'm not talking about recreationally speaking. I'm talking about rocks thrown at your face, okay? Like, there's a big difference, okay? Like, like it was a yes, like, for, for some people, if they were to beat them, it was a yes. Yes, Jesus, wherever you call me to go, absolutely, I'm going, even if it means that I'm going to get beat. And it was an emphatic yes if they killed them. Listen to me. It was just yes. Yes, God. And so you're probably asking, Dustin, what in the world are you asking me to say yes to? All of it. Right? All of it. I'm asking you to say yes to all, yes to Jesus, yes to following Jesus, yes to his purpose, yes to his mission. Even Paul himself said it like this in Philippians 3. Guess what? He says the word yes. Somebody say yes. Yes. Yes, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That's what Paul is saying. He said all that other stuff that I've said yes to in the past, it means nothing compared to knowing Jesus and saying yes to what he has for me. And so I want to challenge us today, kind of that first Sunday of the year. I know last Sunday we had New Year's Day, but like, okay, like, let's go. Does God have your yes? And here's the thing. I want to add a little clause to it. Without conditions or addendums, without any ifs, ands, or buts. Come on, somebody, right? Does God have your yes without all of that? Does he have your yes? So I want you to just begin to ask yourself that. Does God have my yes right now? So I think there's a guy in the Bible that we're going to look at, and what we'll kind of do is we'll kind of look at this scripture in, in the Newer Testament every week, but then we'll look at some people throughout the Bible that had excuses along the way, and that when they, initially, when they actually said yes to Jesus, he used their life for incredible things. So we're going to look at that over the next couple of weeks, and today, the guy we're going to talk about, we all know him, we all know of him, uh, we may know the story of him, but it's Moses. How many of y'all heard of Moses? Come on, wave at me. I like to call him Big Mo. Come on, somebody, right? Big Mo, that's what I call him. But we know the whole story about going to Pharaoh, but did you know that there's kind of a precursor story to that? There's a story right before that. that well, that's what we're going to walk through today. That's what we're going to look at, and we're going to rock the Old Testament. Everybody good with that? About six of you. I say everybody good with that? All right, good. And if you want to say something out loud, just this means yes in Kentucky, all right? That's good. That's okay. All right, so, so we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3, and I got a lot of Bible for you today. Everybody okay with that too? Right, we're, just going, we're just going to read the Bible together, and we're going to break it down. Everybody good? Everybody good? 
All right, good. But I say, but give funeral like in here. Come on, come on. Right, like, like we're going to break this down. We're going to read a lot together. But I think God is going to speak through it to you to challenge you. Let's drop the excuses. Because there was a God that he used that when he dropped the excuses, miracles took place. So we're looking at Moses, Exodus chapter 3. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, we'll read 1 through 8 and verse number 10. It says this, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. You know he was country with a name like that. Come on, somebody, right? Jethro, the priest of Midian, he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. You know how I know the Bible is true? This next line is one of those indications of why it is true. You ready? Uh, Because Moses stared in amazement. Come on, how many of y'all know that if something's on fire, us men are staring at it? Come on, somebody. There's like... That's what's happening, all right? So, so, sorry, sorry. Like this blazing fire from the middle of the bush, Moses stared in amazement. And though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. Moses said to himself, this is amazing. Yes, it is, Mo. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it, as all of us would, okay? I got to go check this thing out. And what happens is he goes over there, I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Verse 6, he says, I am the Lord of your father, the God of Abraham. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Listen to me really quick, and I want to just stop there for a second, because I don't know about you, but Moses got his attention got by God by a burning bush. Like God like had this burning bush on fire in the middle of it, and he grabbed Moses' attention, and that got me thinking, okay, in your life and my life, new year, let's just honestly answer this this way. Does God have your attention? Because he got Moses' attention. And my question for you is, does God have your attention? Does he have it? And I think for some of us in the room, like you got to understand, and I'm going to ask this question, I want you to think about it in your life, what else does God have to burn up in your life to get your attention? Like what else? Because here's the deal, the world is on fire around us, right? What else is God trying to get you? And you may think, oh man, 2022 was awful, it was crazy, it was messed up, it was, it was tough. Guess what? Maybe that's God trying to grab your attention. Maybe he's trying to just, hey, 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 focus on me. You got to grab my, he's going to be, be grabbing your attention. I think that's what he did to Moses. He's got this bush on fire, and here he goes, verse 7. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Watch what he says. Yes, this is God speaking. I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into your own fertile and spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, Cellulites, it don't matter. All right, everybody living there. Now, sorry. <laughs> really sorry. Uh, now live, okay? And then watch what he says in verse 10. Now go, I am sending, wait, wait, wait here we go. Let's, let's say this word right here together. That I am sending, let's try that again, okay? Here we go. Say it with a little, mm-hmm. some of y'all maybe not be able to see. That's a little small. I am sending, yeah, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. Watch what he says. 
You, somebody say you. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. So let's take this really quick. We haven't got to the excuses yet, right? God is kind of setting up the scene for what he's wanting Moses to do. He's trying to set this thing up. Moses, listen to me. I want you to go and do something that you may not want to do, but here's what's going to happen. You, I've seen it. I've heard my people. I know what they're going through. I'm concerned. I want to do something about it. I have a rescue plan. Come on, is there anybody thankful that we serve a God of the rescue plan, that we serve the God that didn't just leave us by ourselves, didn't leave us on our own, figure it out? No, he is the Savior. He's the rescuer. He's the redeemer. I just about broke my computer. Yes, that is who we serve. That's the God that we serve. I want us to know that, that that's the God that we serve. I love that so much about how he's even talking to Moses and telling him that. Hey, I've seen it. I've heard it. I'm aware, and I'm, 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 I'm concerned. And watch this. I'm going to rescue. And then watch what he says at the very end. I'm going to use you. Right? Tap your neighbor and say you. Tap your neighbor. You pick second. Say you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to use you, see, here's the thing, even in our own life, I think we can agree with the first four, right? God, have you seen, okay, God, I, I, I realize you've seen what's going on in the world. You've seen it. You've seen how crazy everything is. You've seen social media lately? It's crazy, right? I, I know you've seen it, God. I know you've heard it when we were crying out to you, God. If we would cry out to you, you'll hear your people. Man, I'm crying out. I know you've heard. I know you're aware and concerned, God. Yes, you are a concerned God. You want to do something about it. That, God, you have a rescue plan. Ooh, I love that about you, God. I love that you've got a rescue plan. And then we get, I'm going to, wait, 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 wait. I don't like that one. I don't like that you're going to have to try and use me. You know why I don't like that? Because that's going to move me out of my comfort zone. That that's going to move me out of what I've been used to. That that's going to move me from a place of where I, I feel pretty comfortable to a place I'm not even sure what that even looks like. And I, I think for a lot of us, we can agree with the first four, but that fifth one is like, oh, wait, 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 we got to hold up. And God is moved by the pain of his people. And what he does, he steps into Moses' comfort zone because it seems as if Moses isn't moving. He's not moving on his own, right? And what we see God do, listen, is the fact that Moses had seen it, Moses had heard it, Moses had been aware of it, and yet he wasn't doing anything about it. And this is what I got to thinking about. A burden without action is just sympathy, and sympathy never changed the world. Just feeling sorry for everything that's going on has never changed the world. Just saying, oh man, I hate that, I'm so sorry, has never changed the world. Because there has to be some uh, an action attached to that. But there has to be something that we do about it. See, it's the church and the person that is mobilized, that is moving, that is taking action, that has died to themselves and their preferences, that is willing to say yes to whatever it is that God asks us to do. That yes, God, I'm going to pray, I'm going to believe, I'm going to serve this community, and I'm not going to stop until every person is connected to Jesus and living on purpose. Is there anybody in here that's saying, you know what, I'm done with excuses, uh, God, you can use me. Is there anybody in this place? Can we give him a big shout of praise saying, we're ready. I'm ready. Use us. Like, let's, let's just not be okay with excuses anymore. Can, can you see what God sees? Can you hear what God hears? Are you concerned with what concerns the heart of God? And are you down to help rescue some people who are hurting and broken? That's what he's asking. That's what he's asking Moses right here. And I think he's asking us the same question. Hey, I want to use you. How will they not know unless they hear? 
And how will they not hear unless you're sent? And how will they not be sent unless you go and you tell them? And I'm just trying to rouse some people up today and say, you know what, let's go after it. Let's go after the lost, broken, busted, because bro- I was there. I remember what that was like, and thank God that somebody didn't keep the word of Jesus to themselves, but they came and shared it with me. I'm so thankful for that, right? Same thing happening right here with Moses. Exodus 3, verse 11. Everybody good? We still going to keep reading? Everybody okay? Verse 11, here we go. But Moses, here it comes. Here comes the excuses. Okay, God, I hear the plan. I know what's happening. You want to use me? Here comes the excuses. Watch what he says. But Moses protested to God, who am I? To appear before Pharaoh, who am I to lead the people out of his out of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, "Yo, I, I, listen to me. I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Like I, I know you're asking, who am I? But guess what? I'm with you. I'll be right there with you. And come on, we just talked about God with us in December." That he would be a God that doesn't leave us and forsake us, but he was God that put an earth suit on in his son Jesus and came down here to earth and went through everything that we went through in our life. And the storms, the valleys, all of that to let us know, guess what? I'm with you. He's telling Moses right here, I'm with you. And then he goes on to say, but Moses again protested. Here he comes, excuse number two. He says, yo, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they're going to ask, well, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? Watch what he says to Moses. God replies back to Moses, I am who I am. Say, say this to the people of Israel, that I am has sent you to me, or sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has sent me to you. Then chapter 4, verse 1 says this, but Moses, what did he do again? Protested again. Made another excuse again. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then jump over to verse 10. Here he goes again. But Moses pleaded with the Lord. Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with my words. Like, I got got excuses on top of excuses. I never have been. I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. I have a stuttering problem. My words get tangled up. And then the Lord asked Moses, and this is a boss move to me. It's just incredible. Who makes a person's mouth? Right? That's one of the mic drop moments for God. You know what I'm saying? Like, boom. Like, that's who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether the people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? It, it, is it not I, the Lord? Now go. Somebody say, go. I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. And then watch Moses' last request. Listen, he pleaded again. Lord, please, send anyone else. Send anyone else. So this is one of the main characters of the Bible, right? that we always talk about, that we always celebrate. And I don't know if anybody can ever relate with Moses right here. Because I think there's many times in our life God has called us to go somewhere, God has called us to do something, and yet we get to a point where we say, you know what, send somebody else. You got to send anybody else. I, not me. I, I've got all of these things. that I got I got all of these excuses. And how often do we try to tell God that we're unwilling to participate in his great rescue plan. You know why? Because I think we're more dedicated to our excuses than we are to him. Me included. I think all of us. I'm more committed. God, I couldn't do that. There's no way. No, no, you got to send somebody else. You got to do it somewhere else. 
And I thought what we would do is just break down these excuses of things that Moses said, excuse by excuse, and then what God's response was. Everybody okay with that? And we're going to land the plane. Everybody okay? Means yes in Kentucky. Come on. All right, good, good. Excuse number one. I want you to write this down. He asked the question, who am I? You know what God's response was? God's response was, I will go with you. You know what Moses was saying? God, you got the wrong dude. Like who, you, you, you came to the wrong address. You know, like you, you talked to the wrong person. That's somebody else's job. Send somebody else. And God says, no, no, no. It's not you. It's me in you. Right? It's not you that I'm sending. It's me in you that I'm sending. That I will be with you. That I promise to be with you. And I think so many times in our life, we think the exact same thing. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I to go and tell them that? Who am I to, to share that? Do you know what? They know what I've did in my past. They know what my background looks like. They know that I'm not schooled in that. I don't know what I, no, no, no. And God says, you know what? I will be with you. Just go. Just go. You got to go. Number two, the excuse number two is he asked and he questions God. Well, God, who are you? Right? Who am I? And then who, who am I supposed to tell them you are? Like, who are you? And God's response is, I am who I am. I am who I am. And I, I know that response may be a little bit like, oh, I don't even know what that means. But I think it's so good that he responded that way because anything that God that you need, God is that. that. Anything that you are desiring, God is that. God, I need hope. You know what God says? I am hope. God, I need healing. God says, I am healing. God says, I need deliverance. I am deliverance. God, uh, you're saying, hey, I, I need some, I need some, I need some, like, I, I am struggling. I am broken, I am busted, and God says, I am your healing, I am your source, I am everything that you need whenever you're needed. True satisfaction can only be found in the great I am, right? So what he's saying, he's saying, hey, I, I want you to know that. And so I think the problem a lot of us have is that when we go and try and share our faith and when we go and try and make a difference, the thing is where we're saying, well, who are you? A lot of believers may not know God well enough to know what he is like or who he's like. Like, what is his character? you got to know that. You know how you know that? By reading the Bible. You will know more about God and his character by reading this. And again, we've committed as a church to read through it in an entire year together. And so right now, I know it's silly in the service, but grab your phone if you don't and haven't already jumped on the Bible app with us reading through the Bible every day. we got about 140-something people right now that have signed up to read through the Bible every day this year as a church. If you will text the word Bible to 270-229-6488. Jump in on that community. Be in the middle of that. Like, be reading your Bible. Because, again, how are you going to know who God is if you don't read the letters that he's written to you? How, how are we going to know who God and his character and what it's like if we aren't praying and fasting? I'm encouraging you, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it's 6 p.m., all right? Every single night throughout the week, this week, 6 p.m. right here at this church. I want you here. We're going to open it up. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. And we're going to believe God for something. And I just want to challenge this. If we're not doing that, how can we know who God really is? How can we know who he is? How can we trust his character? I'm going to encourage you, be in some prayer, read your Bible fast, go to next, join a crew, get in some community so that you can find a little bit more about who this God that we serve is. And you'll be able to stand strong in your faith. I believe that to be true. Excuse number three. Everybody say number three. And we're going to land the plane because Kyle's going to come up here and tickle those keys in just a second. Here we go. So what if they don't listen? Right? That's what Moses said. What if they don't listen? What, what if they don't? Like, what if I go and then what, what happens if they don't listen? And God's response, when I'm finished, they're going to listen. All right? When I'm finished, they, they'll listen. And I got to thinking, I, I, you know, that's where all of us tend to go time after time, is what happens if they don't listen? 
What happens if they say no? I invite them to church. What happens if they say no? What, what, what happens if I go and, uh, uh, man, I, I, I'm trying to share my faith. What happens if they don't listen? And you know what I got to thinking about? And I want you just to take this to heart this week. Listen, what if they do? Like, what if they do? What if they do listen? Well, what if they do say yes to the invitation to be at church? Like, think about on the other side of, of you not thinking, okay, well, what if they say no what, when I'm biting them or I'm telling them about my faith? But what if they say yes? I want to tell you a little bit of a story of a gal that, that actually is in this service a few weeks ago, had gotten invited to church and got invited to church, and her and her boyfriend were here, and they came to church, and then they got invited to go to Next after the service, and they went to Next after the service, and in Next, really, we're sharing the vision of our church, and kind of the values and the heartbeat of our church, who we're going to be, and what we're going to try to accomplish together, and, and uh, so, so what we always say, and what we try to make sure that everybody understands is you can't be a part of the local church until you're part of the, part of the big C church, until you're part of God's family. Right, so you're a part of God's family. You got to belong there before you belong to the local church, right? And uh, so, as we were sharing that, this gal right here, after the end of the service, at the end of next, wasn't after the sermon, wasn't after nothing like that. It was at the end of next. She comes up to A B and says, "Hey, I need to give my life to Jesus today." And I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking about Alexis, and I got to thinking about the fact that, hey, guess what? Had somebody not invited Alexis? Has she not been invited to church? Has she not said yes to come to church? Has she not been invited to stay after for next? Has she not been invited to come and be a part of that? Like, what? think about the miracle that might have been missed out on. It wasn't the sermon. It wasn't a sermon. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the sermon. It was somebody inviting her, and she was a part of next, and the Spirit of God drew her to him. She gave her life to him. And guess what? I'm trying. Can we celebrate that together? And she's sitting right over here. I'm so proud of her. I'm so excited for her. But had it not been an invitation, like if somebody would have just gone ahead and answered for her and said, no, 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 she'll never say yes to coming. She'll not say yes. No, no, no. They didn't do that. They asked her to come, invited her to come, invited her to next. She was there. And guess what happened? On the other side of them saying, okay, I'm going I'm to do the uncomfortable, God did the miracle. Right? And so I just want to see, I want you to see that. I want you to be encouraged by that. Because Moses was making all these excuses. What if they don't listen? What if they do? What if they do? Excuse number four, I've never been a good speaker. I've never been a good speaker. Okay, Moses, I get it. God's response, who made your mouth? Right? Who created you? Who gave you those gifts? Who, who, who has spoken to you? Who is speaking to you? Who is telling you to go and I'll be with you? It's me. Is it not I, says the Lord, right? Is it not me? I think a lot of us, we say, well, you know what, we're not good enough. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I, I, I stutter over my words. I, I, there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can make a difference. There's no way I can share my faith. There's no way I, I would know even what to say. But God tells you today, I'll be with you. And guess what? I created everything about you. I created you, and I want to use you for my sake, is what Jesus is saying. And the last excuse, excuse number five, I think we get to it a lot. Moses says, just use somebody else. Just use somebody else. And God says this. God's response, okay, you can bring Aaron with you, but I'm still calling you. And Aaron was a good friend. That You know what he was going to do? Hold up his arms. He was there to serve and help Aaron. 
Maybe you feel like you've been walking around and you're like, oh my gosh, there's no way I can do any of that. I gotta, I gotta, you may feel like Moses where, man, just send somebody else. Guess what? There's a lot of errands in this room that are here to hold your arms up with you. There's a lot of people besides you that are saying, hey, you know what? If you'll say yes, if you'll make yourself available to God, God will use you and we'll be right there with you. Serving alongside of you, doing what God has called us to do right alongside of you. And again, I think a lot of believers are in this state right here. Just use somebody else. Just use somebody else, believing that somebody else will do it. But God is looking for someone that is going to be done with the excuses, looking for someone who is fed up with what is going on around them and saying somebody should do something about that, and that somebody is me. God is looking for people who will give him an emphatic yes, that we are desperate to see change, yes. We're desperate to see Murray reach for the gospel of Jesus Christ, yes. We want to make disciples, yes. We want to reach the world for Jesus, yes. That's what God is looking for. That's what he's after. But so many of us, we feel maybe insecure, inadequate, unsure, inferior, like I don't have enough, I'm weak, God. And I just look at me really quick and I'm done. I really believe that's the very person God is wanting to use because that's when he can get all of the glory. That when in my weakness, that's when he's made strong. That's when his, I, it's perfect when I'm weak. Man, his power is made perfect in my weakness. If that, but, but here's the thing. If you'll just be available, God will use you. So my question is, does he have your yes? We find out from Moses, Exodus 4, 18. So Moses went back home to Jethro, his father-in-law. Please let me return to my relatives in Egypt. Moses said, I don't even know if they're still alive. Go in peace, Jethro replied. Then watch what happens. Verse 29. Then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt, called all the elders of Israel together. Aaron told them everything that the Lord had told Moses. And Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. And watch what it says. Then. Somebody say then. As they went, as they served, as they were obedient, then the people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. And when they had heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, guess what? They bowed down and they worshiped the name that's above every name. And so for me, I just want to challenge some of us in this room. If you never make yourself available to God, if you never say yes to his plan for you, if all you and I do is make excuse after excuse, just think of the miracles that you might miss because you didn't and think of the praise that God deserves that we might be a part of saying you know what I'm stopping that I'm holding that back but God is wanting to use you that on the other side of your yes there's the miracle of worshiping God of life change taking place and he just wants an emphatic yes from you and I that's all he's looking for so January 8th 2023 I'm looking about 350 people in this service guess what God wants a yes from you God wants your yes. So here's the thing. Obedience or excuses, you can't have both. It's one or the other. Like, like listen to me, all in or excuses, but you can't have both. Make a difference, make excuses, but you can't have both. So my question for us today, three questions I want you to ask yourself. Does, again, does God have your yes, but what is he asking you to do? Number one. What is God asking you to say yes to? That he's been pricking on your heart right now, speaking to you today. What is your response? And then how quickly are you going to respond? So what is God asking you to do? Maybe he's asking you to join a crew, 
when they launch off in a few weeks, get in next, serve team, 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, reading through the Bible, like getting to know the character of God more. What is he at? Giving your life to him. Maybe some of you in this room need to give your heart and life to Jesus today. What is your response going to be? Is it going to be a yes? And when are you going to do it? Now? Right? I, just wanna, I want you to ask that of yourself. So all across this room, heads bowed and eyes closed. You're in this room and you say, you know what? I don't have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I believe what God is asking you to do is you are here on a, on a, for, for a specific purpose. That you showed up at church today and you're here and God has a specific plan for you. And you may be in this room and you say, I, I, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Well, guess what? The incredible thing about God is, is that he saw you and I, even in our sin, in the middle of all of that. Like, man, we sin, we've fallen short. There's things that, we're, but that, that we do that have disconnected us from God. But thank God for the fact that Jesus came. That's why we're allowed church. That's why we worship Jesus. That's why we do what we do. You know why? It's because we want to point people to Jesus. That Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for us. That he had to make a sin payment for us. That there had to be something that lost its life so that we could have life. That's what Jesus did on the cross. And he didn't just stay in, uh, on the cross and in the grave. He got out of the grave. And we serve a risen Savior. And that is why we celebrate in this place. And so you may feel dead in your sin, and you are. But because of Jesus, you can be alive in Christ. Bible tells us that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we will believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. Maybe you're in here and you need to be saved today. Here's what I'm going to ask you. Or maybe you're watching online or listening on the podcast. Here's what I'm going to ask you. If that's you, would you just pray something like this? doesn't have to be word for word. doesn't have to be like, like you just got to mean it in your heart. Say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? I give you my heart. I give you my life. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you got out of the grave. And I put my faith in you today. Be the Lord of my life today. I give you my life. Come in and save me. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're in this room, all across this room, watching online. Maybe that's you and you just prayed something like that. Or you prayed it word for word to receive Jesus. Best decision that you'll ever make in your entire life is what you just did. So proud of you, so excited for you, and we want to be a church that just comes alongside of you. And so if that's you and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, would you just slip your hand up? You could drop it right back down. Just raise it up. You could drop it right back down. I see anybody else. Say, hey, that's me. Up and right back down. Awesome. Well, I just want to tell you congratulations on making the best decision you've ever made, and we want to be a church that doesn't just have you raise your hand. We want to get connected with you. We, want, we know you have questions. We know you're like, okay, I, I, okay, like, what do I do now? What does my life look like now? We want to be a church that helps answer as many of those questions as possible. So in just a few minutes, we're going to take communion together as a church. And that's for people that are believers in Christ, that you believe in Jesus. You don't have to be a member of this church to take communion. And we just love that we get to do that together just to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. But if that's you and you just confess Jesus as Lord of your life, when you come down here, in a second, when everybody's going to be moving kind of around the room and coming and getting a cracker and, and you know, in the, in the juice. And when you do that, would you, why don't you stop one of us that's able to serve communion and just say, hey, I just gave my life to Jesus. 
you let us know that? We would love to just give you a Bible, love to give you a new believer's guide, love to help however we can, guide you in these next steps, or even at the end of our, our, our experience today, just stay after for a little bit. We would love to be able to spend some time with you, just encouraging you with this new journey that you're following with Jesus. I love that so much. Maybe you're in this room and you say, hey, I have a relationship with Jesus, but I've held some stuff back. I've held some stuff back, but today's just kind of a reminder. i got to go all in. He wants it all. He doesn't want partial. He wants every bit of it. If that's you and you say, hey, you know what? I just I, Today I'm committing to all in for him. Today I'm committing to it. If you want to raise your hand, just love to see your hand. Say, hey, that's me. I'm going to pray for you. Awesome. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. I'm all in with Jesus today. I've got a relationship with him, but, man, I've held some stuff back from him. Awesome. Well, as quietly as possible, all over this room, would you mind standing to your feet? I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to take communion together and worship together. Uh, and Allie's going to kind of introduce that and just kind of talk to us a little bit about uh, what what actual communion is. And just kind of this idea of slowing down a little bit. I love that so much. She's going to share that again in just a second. But uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we just pray? And then, come on, let's just thank God in just a second for, for saving somebody in this room today. I'm just so thankful for that. But, God, we love you, Jesus. We honor you. Holy Spirit, thank you for doing what only you can do in this place. Lord, we love you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that salvation was in the room today. In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate that that somebody got their life changed today for eternity? Come on, let's celebrate that together. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.